I like the sound of that piano. God is good to us, isn't he? He's so good to us. I appreciate it so much. His patience, his mercy, his grace. After the service for Elaine the other day, I've been thinking a lot about her, about the things we did together. And I just reflect back over the faithful oversight and the care of our Lord for us. I appreciate him what he's done and appreciate the members of the family appreciate my son and his teaching and god has been blessing us so much and i'm really I'm very thankful for who the lord is and what he's done he's good to us he's good to us we're just very thankful we're looking at colossians we're in chapter three and uh, i'm going to try not to take too much time uh, i do move sort of slowly because i think it's better uh, to really kind of get an understanding of what we're looking at, we're going to be looking at chapter one, I mean, chapter three, verse one, and I'll try not to confuse you with that. But before we do look at that, let's ask the Lord's blessing on this time. Father, it's 1130. Um, we are here to open your word. I pray that you will bless this. And I pray that you'll open our hearts as we seek to stand before you to be examined, if you will, or maybe exegeted by your truth. I pray that you'll have liberty in our hearts and our lives and that Jesus Christ will be exalted. I thank you for the families. I've been thinking about that a lot with the situation with my sweetheart and uh, her passing. And I thank you for your goodness to us, faithfulness that has been displayed that today being Mother's Day, I think we are much more aware of it than normal perhaps, but we are very, very, very pleased for your goodness to us. Thank you for even the, the conception of families and the display of your wisdom in that. We were talking earlier about the different roles that are involved in family members, those who have leadership in one area, those who have leadership in another area, those who are involved in different things. Thank you for the way that you have displayed your wisdom in the structure of families, that things can flow in a way that glorifies you and that honors you and that is effective. You've equipped us in different areas to do different things, given us various gifts and we thank you for the way that these all fit together in your plan that your strategy is ultimately that we will be honoring and glorifying you by the way that we live and how we function here in this earth and so thank you for that thank you for the words this morning that we are going to be looking at in in colossians where uh paul is going to be talking about um having been being in Christ and being associated with him in his resurrection and in his death and, and that uh, association being fleshed out in heaven, but being fleshed out here actually on earth. And that that union that we have with our savior in his suffering and his death is very practical and very real. Thank you for these things and thank you for your mercy. 
Lord, I am so thankful to you that you are a God of mercy and grace and that you love us and you want to use us. Help us to be usable and submissive to you. Bless this time now. I ask in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. Paul is writing to the church there in chapter 3. And the, the, the translation that I have says, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking those things where, above where Christ is seated. The idea of that statement, therefore, is actually probably better translated since you have been raised up, which gives us an idea that Paul is going to be talking about the fact that we are associated with Christ in heaven and that we are identified with him that's kind of our position that's what we have in our outline in the bulletin the first point is a reminder of our position that we have been associated with christ and uh, he carries that over from chapter 2 where he talks about in verse chapter 2 verse 20 he says if you have died with christ to the elementary principles of the world that association they are being Dying with Christ is a type of, Bible talks about that we are crucified with the Lord, and that is a picture of our death with him, death to self, uh, seeking to live for the Lord. And so at the very outset, uh, the Christian life is one in which there is a, that we die to self. That's kind of the idea of Galatians. We looked at that as well, where Paul says that those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. I know that very well. I know that my flesh has passions and desires, and and uh, the Lord has said, if you want to come after me, deny himself and take his cross and follow me. And so that picture of dying to self is very real, and uh, we are associated, we are identified with Christ. There is in the Greek, the grammar in the in the Great New Testament, different prepositions, prepositions kind of give the direction of the action to the words, and it is very un, it's very common in the New Testament to read the phrase in the English words being in Christ. The stress is in the language there is said to be that we are associated in Him. And uh, the word, the prepositions that are using that many times have the idea not just of being in Christ, but remaining in him. Uh, the idea is that we are in the grammar, the use of the grammar when it talks about being in Christ. The idea is that we are at rest in Christ. And that, that rest in Christ is a type of walking with him and living with him continually. I know that... It's easy to talk about, but, and I probably experience it in a different way, I'm sure I do, than you do, because I, I am, because I don't have a lot of time to do my studying on Sunday morning, I do a lot of thinking about the text and stuff when I'm working at Lowe's, and so I think about, I think about the Lord, and think about who He is, and what He's done, and I, that, those thoughts permeate my mind a lot, and so I try to formulate ideas in the in my mind from the text about what it means to be in Christ to have that continual perspective that that the continual awareness of of the Lord and of who he is and what he's done and what he is doing and it's a good thing um, 
but it takes discipline. I'm not disciplined. I so easily stray off. You probably notice that sometimes. You, the, I, I do a lot. I'll be thinking about one thing, and all of a sudden, my mind will be diverted. And I've done that going shopping. We're driving to a place to go shopping and get thinking about something and miss my exit and go on down and and do something else. And so it, it's it is a detour that I have to watch. But God is good, and I I am very very blessed to have the circumstances in my life where I work and have a chance to sit, even though I, I don't have the, the time that I used to have to study, I can sit there and go over these things. And it's like a cow chewing the cud, so to speak, you get the verses and you kind of maul over them. And that really in one sense is just about as valuable as actually studying because you can think about these things and put them in perspective and, and work them over in your hearts and your minds. And so the, the, the passages that I came across that talk about being associated with Christ, uh, passages like Romans 8, 1, therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is, that is association that we are with him, we are seen with him, at rest in him. Romans 12, 5 is another one. Uh, so we have so many, we have who? So we who are many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We are one body in Christ, that association. First Corinthians 1.30 is another one. There are so many of them, I would be here all day reading them, but just giving you an example. Verse 30 of chapter 1 Corinthians 1 says, By his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That's a lot that it speaks of our Lord, uh, it has become to us wisdom, wisdom from God, he supplies wisdom, he also is righteousness, he also is separation from sin to him, that's sanctification and redemption. Galatians 2.17 says, but if while you're seeking to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have also been found sinners, is Christ then a minister of sin? Well, all of the verses tell us that, that in that wording is that we are in Christ. We are associated with him. We are identified with him. And so when we come to our text here, since you have been raised up, that means co-resurrected with Christ. Since we are associated with the Lord there in our Lord, in our relationship with him, he's going to go on to say we need to do something. We need to act on that. And, and the, I remember Lane used to tell me, she said, uh, preachers are bad for telling us to do something, but they never tell us how to do it. And uh, so this verse here kind of answers that question. Uh, since the, the position is established that we are associated with him, we are raised up together, we are co-resurrected with him, um, then we need to act on it. And that's kind of the second point of our outline, the pursuit of that. It says, if you, since you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. That uh, when he talks about seeking the things that are above, what are these things that we're talking about that we could be seeking, seeking the things that are above where Christ is seated? Uh, the reference to things above is, a, is in the phatic position, so it, it puts 
the things above in that text in contrast with the things down below in earth. They're set, set aside. So you have a choice right away. When he tells us to be seeking, seeking the things that are associated above rather than the things that are on the earth. And uh, that's a, that's a, a, what does that mean? Earthly things are things that Paul was talking to the church and one of the big struggles they have is Gnosticism, which wants to, to divide things from a spiritual perspective and a physical perspective and the physical perspective of the physical things around us down here, the spiritual things are the heavenlies, the things that are, that are supposed to be spiritual. And so, um, they come up with different kinds of ideas or so some of the heretics that talk about that, that separate um, the things that are earthly from the things that are heavenly and they pull the two together and they say that Jesus couldn't have been God and have a body at the same time. That's nonsense. I know it is. And Paul is correcting that. But the idea is that um, he wants us here, he, he's talking about seeking the things that are above, seeking those things where Christ is seated uh, at the right hand of the Father. And uh, the above means heavenly things. Seek those things. Set your mind on those things that are above. I think about Elaine, another verse that I remember was one of her favorite verses. I don't know that we quoted it the other day, but Matthew 6, 33 talks about seeking first the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, and his righteousness seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you in the context there those other things that he's talking about that will be added to you are worries and concerns about what am i going to eat what am i going to drink or what am i going to wear those kinds of things which sometimes occupy our minds and and we sort of get sidetracked worrying about these things and he the lord said that these things the gentiles are seeking after they eagerly seek but your heavenly father knows you have need of these things and rather than seeking those things seek first seek as a priority his kingdom and his righteousness and these other things which you're so worried about will be added unto you and uh, so we are looking at these things as heavenly things i was thinking of in fact you can turn to it the book of ephesians and talking about things above paul talks about that uh, that was a good detour this morning uh, in Ephesians about love. That was very good. And I was thankful for that. Even though I had to use the bathroom at the time, I was very glad. It was a good text. Uh, Ephesians 1 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies or in heaven. The word is just actually one word, although my translation uses heavenly places. Uh, the places is a, is a telesized and is trying to help the reader in the English understand the full intention of the text in the Greek. And so they translated heavenly places sometimes, but it actually could be translated just heavenlies. It, I, it basically just means things that are associated with heaven and heaven being above, heaven being the, the place where Christ is seated, it's the place where God's throne is. And uh, it's, it's the saying that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, in this heavenly realm 
the things that belong to God, the things that are in heaven, that place of provision, that place of oversight. It's interesting when you go through the, the New Testament and read uh, over and over again about the Father and the, look at his relationship with us, that so often it pictures him as being above our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, or the eyes of the Lord flow to and fro of the earth, finding somebody that is uh, submissive to them. That God looks down from heaven, uh, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all of us. God is pictured as being above, is what I'm trying to say, and uh, that we are seen as, as below. And so the heavenlies is that place. Ephesians 1.20 is another verse, um, which points out, I thought it was very interesting, just let me read it. Verse 20 says, which he worked in Christ by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavenlies, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. We're talking about seeking, seeking things that are above. And here he's talking about that being the place that's above every rule and every authority in heaven. And uh, that's, that's, that's where we go. When I, when I have my quiet time in the morning, when you have your quiet time in the morning or whenever you do your Bible reading and you have your prayer time, which you should, uh, we, we come before the throne of the universe. We come before God. We want our hearts and our minds to know and to understand. I remember Rick talking about that, that it's important when you pray to, to realize who it is that you're talking to and understand that and have that in your mind before you start flapping them out to have your mind, you understand what I'm saying? Have your mind focused so that this is, this is, I'm not just talking, but I'm talking to God, talking to Almighty God in heaven the, and, and confronting him or talking to him about things. And he is the one that's in authority over us. And so it's the, that heavenly is this, if I can say it, it's the seat of all authority that we submit to. It's the place that we go. And the, it's the throne that we, we come before to pray. Ephesians 2, 6 is another verse. All these are verses in Ephesians that talk about the heavenlies. Uh, the first one, 1, 3, Ephesians 1, 3, then Ephesians 1, 20. Now Ephesians 2, 6, which points this out. It says that uh, he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. That is what we've been talking about. We are raised with him. We're seated with him. That's a kind of a parallel verse to what we've been talking about. We're seated with him in the heavens. We're associated with him in the heavens. Ephesians 3, uh, the heaven is the, the idea of the previous verse, that heaven is like the fountainhead of God's grace for our salvation and sanctification. We're seated with him in that area, that association. So we come before the Lord. And we beseech him, seek him. Verse Ephesians 3 is another one. Um, it says, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church. I love that. To the rulers and the authorities in the heavenlies. The manifold wisdom, the multifaceted wisdom of God might be revealed uh, through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavenlies. This was in harmony with or in accord with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's eternal purpose. These things are revealed through the church. It's interesting to think that we are being observed by heaven. 
and that the things that we do, we want to honor the Lord and to glorify Him. We don't want to be a disappointment to Him, to the Lord. We don't want to slander or do or say anything like that. And so it's important we, we represent <laughs> the Lord. We are seated in heaven with Him, and we represent Him, and we know that, that heaven kind of observes us. One more, and that's Ephesians 6, 12. All of these out of Ephesians, all of these relating to the heavenlies, says that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, this is dealing with the armor, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenlies. And so there is a sense here, and it's kind of hard to imagine in a way, but it's a sense in which there is a spiritual battle that takes place in the heavenlies. And we, we know that in Revelation it talks about that Satan is kicked out of heaven. He has access and he's being kicked out of heaven. And I think that part of that we were talking about this morning is that Satan can accuse us before God. And what is terrifying, as you mentioned, is that everything that he says about us is true. And everything that he says about us could condemn us forever were it not for our lawyer who is seated there in heaven. He represents us. I don't know. I've heard people say that he shows his wounded hands and, and feet, his size, his uh, sacrifice. I, I don't know, and maybe just that I'm missing the scripture, but I don't know exactly all of what he, how he does it, what he shows, but I do know it's enough. And it covers us. And it will get, it will pay for our sin. There are other verses dealing with, with that. <clears throat> Ephesians 2, 9 is one. Talks about God highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name that is above every name. In the name of Jesus, every knee will bow to those in heaven. And that's heavenlies. Those in the heavenlies and on earth and under the earth. And uh, that, that's outside of Ephesians. Hebrews 3, 1 is another one. Talking about being partakers of the heavenly calling, it's a heavenly calling, and so on and so forth. The point is this, there's a lot of scripture that talks about the fact that there is a heavenly realm and we are associated with the Lord in the heavenlies, that there is that, that identification and we are told to seek him. I already quoted from Matthew, seek ye first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Psalm 910 is another one that talks about um, those who know your name will put their trust in you, for you, O Yahweh, have not forsaken those who seek you. And uh, I think that's a, I, I ask you that question, and I ask myself that question, do you, do you really seek the Lord? Do you really put forth effort to seek him, to know him, to learn about him, to understand who he is and what he's done? Nothing is more important than that. Nothing surpasses that. And nothing produces greater joy than for us to be associated with him and to get to know him. Psalm 119, um, blessed are those who observe his testimonies. They seek him with all their heart. I wish that were true of me. I wish that I didn't have a divided heart. So, so often I do. But it says here, they seek him with the whole heart. Um, and then... The condemnating condemnation that comes to all of humanity in Romans 3. And you, know, you know the verse, probably what I'm going to read there. It says, there is none who understands, there is none righteous, there is none who seeks for God. 
all are turned aside together become worthless so that the entire human base race does not seek God. They've turned the other way. They've gone the other way. The seeking of the Lord is the result of his work in our hearts, in our lives. And so we want, if you understand the, the value of that, just really make yourself sensitive to that and, and read the scripture and ask the Lord to open your heart and help you understand his, the importance of seeking him and, and seeking to understand him you see what I'm saying? It's, that's really important because you can't, you, you don't normally want to do that. Um, then in the middle of that seeking, it says here at the right hand, which is the hand of power, Luke 22, 69, and Acts 2, 33 also talks about that having been, talking about Jesus having been exalted to the right hand of God, having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he's poured out this, which you both see in here. So Christ has been exalted, and what that verse is saying on the day of Pentecost is because he is exalted, because he's in heaven now, he is sending the Holy Spirit back. The fact that the Holy Spirit is coming and you see what's going on means that Jesus has now been exalted that's in right. heaven. That's right. And that's proof of that. You know, it wouldn't, wouldn't be happening down here until he has been exalted up there and sent him. So he's sending him back. And we were talking about that this morning, about the roles of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and you're and you're right. It isn't because uh, they were showing favoritism that one is better than the other. It is that they are working together for a common plan, a common program, and uh, that that's the way it functions. And so that's a good thing. And so um, we we see there that that there is a throne in the universe in heaven, and there is a right hand of that, and we are told to seek Him. And uh, not only to seek him, but it, the text tells us to do it with our minds. If you've been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand. Set your mind, that's part of that seeking, set your mind on the things above and not on the things on the earth. We talked about that before. I mentioned it, uh, that we are what we think. Um, Romans 8, 5 says, those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who are according to the Spirit on the things of the Spirit. That's, uh, you probably get tired of me talking about that, but that's just something that I've struggled with. Uh, Galatians 6, 7, 8 is another one. So do the, be not deceived, God is not mocked, whatever you sow, that you also reap. That's taken from the agricultural world. And I work out in the garden, we sell plants and we sell packets of seeds and whatever. And the, what it's saying is whatever you sow in the ground, you're going to reap. And that alone, you're not going to reap something else. Whatever you sow into your life, you're going to reap. So if you are following after the flesh and sowing to the flesh, then you're going to reap death. That's what he's saying, spiritual death. You're going to be insensitive to the Lord. That's why it's easier so often to get church people to come to a Super Bowl service and to a Bible prayer time because we sow to the flesh. You see what I'm saying? In the flesh, we reap that kind of harvest. And so um, it's easy to sow to the flesh. <clears throat> the flesh is attractive. The world is attractive. It distracts us, but we don't want to do that. We want to deny ourselves and to really seek to follow the Lord. And you have to put forth that effort. It's like any kind of relationship, any kind of thing that you do that matters. It takes, it takes time. It takes uh, commitment. Um, 
it's not done just in the flash the lord works <coughs> um this last <coughs> this last week i've really been struggling because of my time i've had to go in every morning at six and uh, so after about three or four days uh, i don't get the chance to have my quiet time in the morning i try to, to think about the text and i have my phone i can read my verse but i'm not supposed to do a lot of messing with the phone while you're at the register and when I first get at six, I used to have maybe an hour and a half or two hours before I have any customers. So I have a little time to do that. But it's it it if you don't have your quiet time, it leaves you kind of barren. <clears throat> and I'm aware of that. And so I really try to focus and to talk to the Lord. Uh, and I'm not, I guess I shouldn't use myself as an example all the time, but it's 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 really important to spend time. You see what I'm saying? Invest time with the Lord in the morning. Like that, it makes a big, big difference. What you set in your minds is how you're going to walk. Um, in Romans 12, the, the scriptures talk about being in the same mind toward one another, not being haughty. That's that context where Paul is using a list of things to describe Christian behavior, and uh, he's saying uh, that we should be of the same mind toward one another, not being haughty in mind, but associated with the humble, and do not wise in your own mind the three places in that verse the word mind is used when he talks about <clears throat> being in the same mind he's talking about being impartial when he goes on to say not being haughty in mind means don't be proudful don't be proud and don't be arrogant and be those he goes on to say associate with the humble and then don't be wise in your own mind but rather be humble see and so these are this is uh takes place where up here in your mind, what you think, how you think. And that's what he's saying is to set your mind on heavenly things, not on things on the earth. One more verse, and then we'll be done. And that is Philippians, where um, I think, if I remember, Philippians was one of my wife's favorite books of the New Testament, because she studied it with Dr. Woodbridge at Word of Life, and she really went through it. But Philippians 4, 8, 9, in the context of talking about being anxious for nothing but in everything he says finally brethren this is verse 8 of philippians 4 finally brothers whatever is true that is whatever conforms to reality i read this the other day if i'm not mistaken whatever is dignified that is serious whatever is right or righteous whatever is pure holy whatever is lovely or agreeable whatever is commendable um, and whatever is excellent or preeminent, if there is any worthy of praise, consider these things, the things that you've learned and you've received and you've heard and you've seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Notice he started out by talking about thinking about things, and then he turns that into practicing those things. So what you think precedes what you practice. Uh, you may not realize it if you practice things that, that are not attractive it's because your mind has been dwelling on things that that lead you away from that. So this is this is important. This this text here is telling us to seek these things, to set your mind on these things. Do you do that? Do I do that? It's it's not always easy, but it's really important. It's very very profitable and uh, it matters it matters where we focus and so we'll we are 
I'm going to have to go. And I know that we didn't cover anything new, but we still, we looked at the position, we looked at the pursuit. The next time we're going to get into the, the provision of that, because it's important, these are important things in the text. And the, the Lord is, is very patient. He's very patient with me and the circumstances that I have. I was talking about getting up at six in the morning to go to work. Those circumstances are not a surprise to the Lord. They are part of his plan. And he does, he provides money with that. But he also provides opportunity to share with people. I've had people that come in real early that they talk. Sometimes they talk more readily in the morning and sometimes they're grumpy in the morning. But uh, it's, it's just, it's an opportunity that God has given me to, to be there. And uh, so the, the distance, I guess the distraction is not having the time, and I don't, when I get up, at, if, I, if I have to be at work at six, I leave at five, and I don't have time to really do a lot of studying. I try to get things ready the night before, before I leave. But anyway, whatever. Uh, it's God's, it's the circumstances that have been set up by the Lord. He knows your circumstances. He knows your situation. He knows the, the plans that you have and stuff. But let him help you get a good time that you spend time and best time with the Lord, both in your reading of the scripture and in your prayer. Make a prayer list that uh, is real and then try to stick by. It doesn't have to be a long one, but a prayer list. I was heard the other day on the radio somebody, somebody talking about setting an hour aside for prayer. I've never set an hour aside. It's good, but I, I, I just can't sit still that long. It's, it's hard for me to do that. So. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So let's have a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you for your patience. I do. I thank you so much for your patience. I was thinking about that this morning. Um, that you're just really, you're really, really good. And I'm very thankful to you for your, your mercy and your grace. Um, I, I pray for patience, like when we're talking about my son getting his well fixed. That is, um, that is, that's hard. It's, it, you just you really need your water and you don't have it and it's really 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 tough and I know that I just pray for patience for him and for Dory because you just really watch over him and, and help this to be a growing time with him I have a uh, good to have somebody come out accepting they're going to be my son is it's not not saying the two of the same thing but there's somebody coming out to clean it out and stuff and uh, they left a message that he couldn't find the the road or whatever, so I've got to go back with them on that. But these are all things that come under your providence. Nothing happens that takes you by surprise. We, we watch the news. There are a lot of things that take place in the news that, frankly, are very discouraging. <coughs> and uh, yet, at the same time, nothing, nothing is taking you by surprise. There is no such thing as you having a plan B because plan A was a flop. You are in charge, you never make a mistake. So as we're talking here about being with you in heaven, the heavenlies and being associated with you, being uh, crucified to ourselves and alive unto you, those are things that we ask you to help us with. Help us die to self, make us aware of our need to be associated with you and, and to really focus on you especially when we don't have the time that we need to prepare our hearts. And so thank you for your goodness to us and for this time and ask your blessing upon the remainder of the day. Pray also for the service tonight with Larry and ask your blessing upon that. And thank you for Larry and Debbie and their 
Johnny just used their place and then Cam's used his name. Amen.